Yo guys, what is up? Welcome back to another podcast. Welcome back to the Tech Podcast. In today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about a couple of things. One of which being Netflix games. The other two being about what is right to repair in Apple products. And what's next for the iPhones. Um, so some pretty interesting topics, but um, yeah, so it'll be, I, I, don't, I don't know how long, obviously, it'll take me to talk about all of them because, well, I, you know, I haven't timed it out, but I hope to make it somewhat evenly split between the three. And I do also want to, before I start, just quickly talk about the MacBook Pro. I know it seems like I talk about these MacBooks like in every podcast. However, I do think it's genuinely important that I talk about them today because um, I was hearing a lot of things from people telling me that they were heavy and I I can't say anything about the 16 inch because I've never felt the 16 inch laptop but I officially used the 14 inch MacBook Pro I carried it and when I tell you that thing did not feel heavy I mean it like I have a 13 inch MacBook Pro from 2017 so like in terms of weight difference I couldn't feel much like uh, like I can carry both at one hand like I'm currently like lifting it to see and like I, I don't feel much difference between the two so just a disclaimer for anyone who is looking to buy the new MacBook Pros they, they aren't as heavy as people tell them people make them out to be I think it's just one of those cliche things you can say that you know like oh yeah the new Macs you know the old design is back so they're gonna have to be heavier and again I don't know maybe the 16 inch is probably as heavy as people suggested it is but the 14 inch definitely isn't so uh, yeah that's just something I thought I might say and uh, yeah without further ado let's get started with Netflix games now for those who don't know uh and this really must be a minority of people and no actually i'm pretty sure everyone in the world or everyone watching this podcast knows what netflix is but anyways um so netflix is a streaming service arguably if not arguably the most popular streaming service in the world um it's founded in 1997 on august 29th in california and has a revenue of 7.5 billion dollars um and the ceo is the famous ted sarandos uh he's been ceo for just about a year and a half and um the main headquarters are in los gatos california and the united states and um it's the home of popular shows such such as you outer banks um, 13 Reasons Why, Sex Education, Squid Game, Money Heist, um, and it, it's, it's been the hub for shows, and it, it's one of the best streaming services. I did briefly talk about Netflix in my last podcast, so if you listen to that, you, you'll know that I'm a, I'm a fan of Netflix, to be, saying, to, be, to be brief about it. But, so, recently, I say recently, but it's been just about a week and a day or two, Netflix decided that they're going to be launching... Netflix games and um, in today's first part of the podcast I'm going to be bringing you all the news about Netflix's efforts to get in to the video game industry so like I said Netflix is making a big push into video games the company first dabbled in games with interactive titles such as Black Mirror and a Cameron San Diego game but in 2021 it decided to make gaming a much bigger priority Netflix has actually hired a former EA Electronic Arts 
uh, executive in in July to lead its gaming efforts, and in November, it's allowing people to play a selection of mobile games for free as part of their subscriptions. And um, obviously, we'll be watching Netflix's gaming efforts very closely, and I will be bringing you all the latest news. And um, we so let's start off with the the first news. So. This the first time that Netflix had a ga- had a debut into the gaming industry. You could say was on the twenty seventh to twenty eighth of December of two thousand eighteen, when they released the interactive movie Black Mirror, Bad Bandersnatch, and uh, after that, it's been a long process. But they've officially they are now officially available on your iPhone and iPad. Um, from what I understand. Uh, these apps aren't available in the United Arab Emirates or any Middle Eastern country, if I'm not wrong, on the App Store at least. So, um, yeah, again, this tweet says that it is, but uh, wait, let me actually have a look at this. I'm actually, I'm intrigued to see this now. Is there an update for Netflix or something? Because I've heard about Netflix games, but I kind of thought it might be a, a different app, but... From what I understand, it looks like the same. Is there an update for Netflix by any chance? Ah, yeah, it, there is an update. So I'm, it's updating right now on my phone. And I'm very intrigued to see if it's available in the UAE because I just, I didn't really think it would be. Let's have a look, Netflix. Nope, no games to me, um, unless I've missed something. Have I missed something? No, I, I don't think I've missed anything, have I? No, there's no there's no games on this. Yeah, like I thought, there is no... I'm opening up Netflix's tweet right now. Uh, and... Yeah, okay, there are games, but it's not on the... Uh, it's not on the... Uh, like, UAE Netflix. Now, I don't know if it is on the other ones, but it's not on this Netflix. So, uh, yeah. Um, but what is the aim? What, what is, uh, like, how do I explain it? What is the aim of Netflix's games? Like, in Netflix's introduction into the game industry, you might ask. Um, well, I think a company as big as Netflix was almost inevitably always going to join the gaming industry. Uh, I think that it's it's one of the most it's definitely one of the most like largest industries in the world you could say and um, I I personally support the decision but I am a little bit confused as to how it's going to work like what are the games going to be about you know and like I, I don't know I don't know how to explain it if that makes sense because Because, all right, I'm sorry for the long pause, but I myself am a bit confused about this topic. So if anyone does know um, how how this whole Netflix games thing is going to work, please let me know. Because I'm confused. Because do they have a criteria for the game? Can it be any game? Is it specifically like a specific genre of the game? Do the games have to be based off series? Because I can see Stranger Things being the game there, but that's not a it's not the only game like uh, 
it's it, that's that's it, that's surely not their only games because that's all I can see right now and I I don't think I don't know I just while I support the the decision I I don't think it's one they've had to do I I, I don't know I, I I don't think that it's one they've had to do but um, yeah uh, but yeah that that's about it for Netflix games um, not too much actually a little bit less than I probably expected but. Generally speaking, it's still a very new thing, so there's still a lot to know. And because it's not available here, I can't really test it. Like, I, I have no means of testing the game, so I can't tell you if they're good or not, or if they're worth it or not. But um, I, I don't know when they come in the UAE, because it's written here that they're here on ev everywhere. But the thing with UAE is they've blocked off a lot of content because of geotagging. So... And it's not just UAE, by the way. It's like it's Netflix and the and the UAEs that they've blocked off content. So I, I'm not sure. I'm trying to connect a VPN and see. Do I get US content? Because Netflix's headquarters are in uh, US, right? Um, no, I don't. I don't get anything. No. Okay. Hmm. Intriguing. Very intriguing. Hmm. Anyways, uh, enough me. Enough about me not knowing anything about Netflix games. Moving on to Right to Repair. Uh, this is a very interesting topic. Uh, definitely somewhat one that I have much more knowledge about than Netflix games. And one that I have more first-hand experience on with, like the topic itself. So, what is Right to Repair? Well, that's the question I hope to answer by the end of this little segment of the podcast. But... Um, uh, generally speaking, right to repair is a, is, a, is a topic that is somewhat trending again, especially with iPhone users, because uh, a lot of uh, iPhone 13s, are, when, they're, when their screens are breaking and their screens are being replaced from uh, not Apple or not an authorized Apple reseller, what's happening is the Face ID isn't working anymore and that's a that's a huge problem because i i think there's two perspectives to it and um, it's really depending on which side of the spectrum you're on if that makes sense because on, on one hand people will be like oh well why can't we repair it from whoever we want and on the other hand apple will be like well it's our product and we want you to repair them from us not anyone else because of security and whatever else they want to claim now here's my take on the first point which is why can't we repair our products from wherever we want without having any drawbacks to the software so the thing is okay personally speaking by the way i would never again this is a, this is going to come across a little bit spoiled but generally speaking i would never ever ever take my apple product to an unauthorized I would never take it to anyone but Apple I, I and I, I would pay the extra amount to get it fixed by Apple that's my personal take but I know there are a lot of people who don't agree with this so let's talk about that first first point right so uh, people who say that you know why can't we replace it with with whoever we want like why can't we replace our our parts with wh whichever reseller or uh, fix like uh, with whoever we want like you know why do we have to go to apple um i think there are a couple of issues with this um i think it's mainly just a a trust thing honestly apple don't have a good reason in my opinion to tell you 
why can't you? You know, they 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 don't have a valid reason to tell you. Well, no, actually, you you shouldn't. Their reasoning is really stupid. So their reasoning is, well, if you replace it from someone that isn't us, we're just gonna screw your software up, which is ridiculous. I'm sorry, it's it is simply ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, and I think that for me, the like I said. I just wouldn't do it. Look, when, like I've mentioned previously before, when you buy an Apple product, the one thing you are absolutely sure of is it is expensive. It is very, very expensive. We know this. You know this. I know this. Now, I don't understand people who buy Apple products, then complain about the price of the Apple products, then proceed to buy and replace it from another unauthorized reseller and then proceed to complain about the quality of the product you've just contradicted yourself and you're being hypocritical first things first if you're buying an apple product and you're complaining about the price you shouldn't be buying the apple product it's as simple as that why would you buy a product if you're just going to sit and complain about it that's one second of all if you replace it from someone that isn't apple you are guaranteed running the risk of yeah you save your money but you're risking your product, you know, like, for example, one of my friends, his laptop screen broke and uh, he decided to get it replaced from a, from, with a cheaper alternative, you could say. But a couple of months after replacing that screen, his screen had to have, his screen started having more issues and more issues. And I, I told him, why would you do this? Well, I mean, I understand that, look, not everyone has the money and I get it. But if you don't have the money, don't buy an Apple product. If you don't have the money, you don't buy the Apple product. That is simple as that. And again, I might be wrong in my thinking. This gets slightly political because this relates to the way people think. And I'm sure people will very strongly, strongly, strongly disagree with me. But I just don't understand why would anyone want to want to risk your product? Why would you spend like 8,500 dirhams on a MacBook and then you break that MacBook, you know, through a mistake, you drop it somewhere or whatever, and then you decide to get it replaced at some shady place or at some place that isn't authorized. I just can't understand the logic behind that, in my opinion. And to to be fair, uh, to play devil's advocate and say why I I however I can't while I can't understand why people do it, I kind of can. That again, this kind of contradicting myself. But what I mean by that is, at the end of the day, you know. People, people don't want to always be paying a full price. And Apple do ridiculously overcharge for their products. So I'm not saying I agree with it, what people do. I disagree. I would pay the full price. However, not everyone, you know, even if, like, for example, someone buys an 8,500 term laptop, you aren't going to, you aren't going to, like, you aren't going to spend another 3,000 if you have to because your screen is broken or whatever the pricing is. And that, that is where Apple Care comes in. Uh... Again, AppleCare doesn't cover everything, but I think it's an extra thousand and you could literally break your laptop like twice a year, I think. And you could just keep, you could get a brand new laptop in essence. Now, look, I understand why people think AppleCare is a scam because people think you can take care of your laptop well enough. I hope you guys realize that Apple products are built in a way where you have to service them. It's a, it's a, 
basic business and marketing uh, and a basic business and profit scheme where they make their product in such a way that they don't last forever. They have their own issues with their products. Why do people think that the general lifespan for an iPhone is two years? After two years, the iPhone is not in what you would call optimal or usable condition. And what I mean by that, look, I understand people use five, their iPhones for five, six, seven years. Okay, fine, cool. And in fairness to Apple, they give you the software to make it look like they do want you to use your iPhone for long periods of time. But the optimal lifespan on average for an iPhone is two years at max, unless you absolutely maintain it in peak with no drops, you maintain the battery health, you don't have water damage, you have no damage at all, you don't download anything that could potentially harm the software. So why do you think Apple does that? They want the money. It's the same thing that applies to their Macs, to any of their products. And going back to the point of right to repair, we don't have any right to repair. Right to repair is a stupid concept in my opinion. It's a concept that does not make any sense and I, I completely disagree with it. Because what, what right to repair implies is that we can get our things fixed from anyone else but Apple because they're giving us a better price. But when it goes wrong, the, the, the blame goes back to Apple. That makes no sense. Why would Apple want you to... What, they give you a guarantee. If you get your laptop changed or your... I'm talking specifically with laptop here. But I mean like generally speaking even you could say like if you get your Apple Watch changed or your iPhone changed or your AirPods changed, you could literally get you you literally have a hundred percent guarantee that they will fix it for you and if they screw it up they will give you a fix for free it won't count as any money like let's say you pay the thousand dirham or whatever you have to pay for any fixing of your product but it gets screwed up even more you can be like yeah well look you know i paid the money and my product still isn't fixed or i i paid the money and it's got worse in fact could you fix it and they will fix it for you for free so I do not understand why people just don't pay the money. Don't buy it's Look, I'll, I'll give you a simple line. Don't buy an Apple product if you don't want to spend money. If you don't want to spend money to maintain it and fix it and pay the money. If you don't want to, if you, if you just don't want to pay, don't buy an Apple product. Don't come, don't come back to people who like Apple, such as myself and other Apple stream saying that, oh yeah, well, you know, Apple is such a scam of a company. I bought their product. I fixed it from on an unauthorized reseller uh, or an un unauthorized manufacturer. And then I decided to go blame Apple for something they didn't even do. The, like, what type of logic do you use? You know, like, I just think it's hypocritical. It's stupidity. And I just wouldn't. I just, I wouldn't. And um, moving on to something else now, because I think that's enough with right to repair, because I think this got a little bit more um, debatable and political than I would have probably liked it to. But um, let's talk about the AirPods. I don't remember if I've talked about them, but I don't think I've had. I don't think I have. <laughs> um, and uh, I think it's important we talk about these AirPods uh, because uh, I've used them. Um, I and my friends have used them. And in fact, one of my friends parents uh, bought the airpods and they are returning them back because they don't fit these airpods are confusing and um, let me explain so these were obviously launched with the um, when the uh, new Max came out and uh, you know the, listen this is the tagline on Apple's website by the way the world's most popular wireless headphones just got better the new airpod feet and just a brief uh, summary of what they are the new airpods feature spatial audio an industry looking industry leading sound longer battery life and an all new design 
Um, two things. Battery life. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Uh, spatial audio. Been there on... It's it's there on the AirPods Pro. Not a new feature. Uh, industry-leading sound. Sound quality is legitimately similar to... It's identical to the AirPods Pro, if not worse. Uh, and... The f- and an all new design. Yeah, it's a new design, all right. It's a new crappy design. That's what it is. Does anyone like the way these things look? It's and if we leave the looks out of it, does anyone? Does this fit anyone's ears? Uh, I I've, I've, I've you'd be hard pressed to find one single person whose AirPods these ears fit. Uh, I don't look. I, I'm a big fan of the AirPods. Uh, I was one of the first people. In, in my school to get the first generation of the AirPods. I love the AirPods. I love what they stand for. But these are not worth it. These are not worth it. Because it's it's at like a it's at a crossroads which they didn't need. They didn't need to have a in between between the pros and the twos. They needed to improve the twos drastically they didn't need to have a design between the two. And I've, I might have said something else initially, but I'm, I'm going back on whatever I've said. Forget it all. Because I was wrong. They didn't need to do that. They didn't need to get the Pro design, take off the ear tip, which is literally what everyone liked about the Pro. The biggest thing was it fits all types of ears. They didn't need to take that out, half the design from the Pro, and put it in an AirPods 2, sim- like make it AirPods 2 because there's no noise cancellation. There is, if there's no noise cancellation, these aren't Pro. And as the Wired have called them, these aren't headphones. And that you think that might be their saving grace, but they're not worth the money. And the fact is, there's no getting around the lack of noise cancelling and unremarkable battery life. And how do I explain this? Look, the spatial audio, that's nice. The superior design, okay, fine. It's a subjective thing. The bass, that's nice. The IPX resistant, that's nice. The microphones are nice. But honestly, the 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 microphones in airpods might be the worst microphones i've ever used in my entire life for recording these podcasts and recording videos and being on a phone call i used to be using i used to try using my airpods but the sound quality was so pathetic that if i used my airpods you will see such a pathetic drop in sound quality it it is it is dreadful and in fact i'm i'm tempted and i'm going to now i'm just gonna connect my airpods and uh, i'm going to disconnect my headphones so you might hear a bit of an audio screen and just so you can hear the sound quality with using the airpods 2 mic and then the airpods pro mic and and then i'll talk about the airpods 3 mic as well i don't have those with me but i've used them so i know they're not very good and they're similar to these two okay so just bear me bear with me for a second okay i i don't know how well you can hear me um but again, uh, you, this is probably using my uh, Mac speakers I- inside of my mic. I don't know why it does that because I don't think it recognizes the mic. But generally speaking, uh, no, it's not. Actually, it is using my AirPods. And I don't know if this audio quality is good. But when I listened to it, it wasn't good. So I hope it's it's the same for you guys so you can see what I'm talking about. These are the AirPods 2. Let's move on to the AirPods Pro. Let's see if you guys can tell a difference. Please let me know if you do. And these are the AirPods Pro. Um 
Yeah, uh, I, I hope you've got enough of the sound to see what I'm talking about. And let's go back to my headphones and continue on with the podcast. I have just realized that... Sorry, I have just realized that you probably won't be able to hear the difference as much as I would probably like you to. Uh, and uh, I do apologize for that, but I think anyone who's used AirPods can probably understand. And my point is, this theme has stayed the same in the AirPods 3, and um, the pricing is a huge issue for me, because the whole point of the AirPods 2 were to be, you know, that affordable price, that 600 dirham price, not affordable, don't get me wrong, I'm sorry, I used the wrong word, affordable, my ass, affordable, not at all, but, um, it's definitely supposed to be better in terms of price compared to the AirPods Pro. These things are 800 dirhams. You could buy AirPods Pro for that price roughly now. Uh, what's the point? Why would you buy these? I, I just It's a 6 out of 10 product and it just isn't worth it. And the lack of noise cancellation and transparency is a huge, 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 huge problem. It's... I just, I just don't think it's worth it. I, I just don't. My honest opinion. And uh, that took a longer time part of the segment that I thought it would uh, the, uh, longer that took a longer part of the podcast than I thought it would so apologies and moving on to the final topic of today's podcast what is next for the iPhones um, this is a topic that weirdly I haven't talked about a lot considering the fact that I've talked about the Macs I've talked about the iPads in depth I've talked about the services in depth I haven't talked about the watch but I'll talk about that in another podcast because that could be its own podcast on its own. Like it could be literally, it could have, there's so much content about the watch as well that I could make it like a half an hour podcast. So I'm not going to do that. But what is next for the iPhones? The question that seems to be looming everyone's mind. Now, here's how I understand it. And I might have a completely wrong idea of what's going on. But so every two years or so, the iPhone goes through some sort of a design change, uh, whether it be camera bump, whether it be a different shape of the phone, whether it be anything. And um, as I'm sure people are aware, uh, the next iPhone is going to be starting a new cycle. Well, at least you think. Because let's let's go back. The iPhone, so it was, it went the iPhone 10, the 10s, the 10 and 10s were similar in terms of design. The 11 had a new design, new new camera bump. 11 and uh, 11 Pro had, and the 10R, it's, it was all of that same design. Then they made changes with the 12, and then they made 12 Pro. So ideally, 13 is going to be a new design. Uh, and, then, and, and then 13 Pro, thirteen came out, and then 13 and Pro followed the same design as the 12 and 12 Pro. I think you get the point. The point is that next year is going to be a radical iPhone design change. However... A lot of people kind of thought they'd be entering the folding or foldable phone market. I did. And uh, certainly I know a lot of tech tech people that definitely thought that too. But that's not the case, actually. Uh, and um, there's a reason. Of course there is. Apple have been vastly hit by COVID. Uh, so obviously that means that next year they will make a design change to the iPhone. But it's not going to be foldable. And what does that mean? Because if we follow that two-year cycle that, you know, I've roughly pr- like proposed or roughly said that they do follow, that means that we are looking at a new, a, a foldable phone potentially coming in 2024 at 
minimum uh, at like that's the the earliest it comes is 2024 that's a problem um and this is what i mean by what's next for the iphones because what is next? Are they going to keep doing this stupid two-year cycle where they make minuscule design changes? They bring back somewhat legacy designs, but make it because it's, they make it slightly more modern, it looks new, and continue falling behind and behind and behind and behind and behind Samsung? It's a risky move that Apple cannot afford to make. I think even next year, look, I understand COVID hits companies hard. I get that. Samsung have released two, phone, two foldable phones. By the time Apple comes up with their first foldable phone. Samsung could possibly have two more iterations of their foldable phone. And you can sure as hell assure that they will be perfecting it by then. It will be as close to a perfect foldable phone as it as you could expect. Because let's be honest, they're not perfect right now. They're good, they're not perfect. If you give Samsung two, two plus one, because one year plus two, three more years, to continue making ground on you. What's next for the iPhones? Turmoil. <laughs> that's what next for that's what's next for them. The iPhones cannot survive with this rudimentary design with the same things on and on and on. The same design, the same OS. What is next for these? iPhone o iOS can do so much more. iOS is supposed to be the future. But it's not it's 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 the present but it's not enough and the fact that basic multitasking features on there on a 13 pro max which you're paying like 1300 dollars for almost it's just it's really alarming and i would be very worried if i was apple thinking because look they could break the cycle see if they come out with an with a foldable phone in 2 years it's way better than giving samsung a full 100 a full 365 days 1 year is a lot of time and if apple cut that 1 year it's still not early but it's enough it is it's a lot of ground they cannot afford to be in the foldable phone market with samsung having four iterations apple aren't going to perfect it i know they brand themselves on we enter we do things late and we enter the market late in industries but we perfect them these examples that they they think they're doing for example like dark mode you know they entered it so late but they perfected it there isn't much to perfect in dark mode there isn't anything too perfect. But they were four or five years behind. Basic multitasking isn't there. It is ridiculous. It is simply ridiculous. And for a company of this stature, you expected more. I expected more. And to say I'm disappointed would be an understatement. Because I don't, I don't, I'm not going to upgrade my phone. Why would I upgrade my phone when there's nothing to upgrade? The, and the, you know the, the problem I'm facing now is, I say I'm not going to upgrade, but I'm actually noticing some awful, awful, awful battery life trends on my iPhone. I have to charge my phone almost three times a day now. That's not a coincidence that just after the new 13 came out, they've killed the 12 battery. By the time the 14 or whatever they call it comes out next year, this thing isn't going to be usable and I'll have to upgrade. I don't want to upgrade. But it, they really have to focus on making a new phone, a foldable phone from Apple. That's what Steve Jobs would have wanted. That's what he would have wanted. So yeah, that's going to be all for today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, I will catch you guys in a couple of days. And yeah, peace out.